whenever you hear that whistle, if you can find a way to salivate and to think, I'm not a sitter. I'm a, I'm a runner. I need to be up on my feet and I need to get back on the course because that's where I'm most alive. And, you know, I'm missing out sitting here because on that course in this next hour is a meaningful experience that I'm missing out on right now. Good everyone, that was Dave Proctor. I'm Matt Raymond. I'm Eugene Bingham. And this is Dirt Church Radio, interesting conversations with interesting runners. At the top of the show, we'd just like to emphasise how important it is to support local businesses like Scott Running New Zealand, who have been with us since day one in various incarnations, guises. Ha! ha See what you, you did go. there. Um, ScottRunning.nz, fantastic shoes, fantastic support of Dirt Church Radio. Give them a home. Saiwan was wearing them when we ran in the forest, in the slippery, slippery, muddy forest. Those there. And he the, didn't uh, move. He was not the one who fell over. <laughs> I'll just... Won't, tell, won't give it away because it's later in the show. They're but, legitimately yeah. great shoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He stayed upright. <laughs> yeah. So good. ScottRunning.nz. Yeah. Check them out. Check them out. Wild Things. Wild Got a Things. special deal with us at the moment. Yeah. You can get... And many of you have been... Yeah. ...doing it. Yeah. So Here's the thing that I did today. Oh, yes. I went on the trial directory. Yeah. For the first time ever. The Wild Things trial directory the is... Wild Things trial directory. ...an amazing part of the Wild Things yep. experience. What did you do? Um, I looked at a... You chasing the FKT. Yeah. I figured out what a grunt was. No, I looked at... Because we're going to stay uh, Teal Bay. And I was looking at some trials around there. Yeah. And there were. It's a great resource, it's isn't it? It's a great resource. Yeah. So the deal is you can get 15 months VIP membership to Wild Things for the price of 12. Yep. If you use the code DCR, capitals, DCR, yep. 2020. DCR 2020. 15 months Wild Things VIP membership for the price of 12. Pretty good deal. Mean. Mm. Further faster. Yes. Yeah. They're in Christchurch. They are in Christchurch. And we got a. And they're also online. Yeah, they That's are. Further faster.co.nz. <laughs> and we, I mean, we got an email from them, and I kept calling it a letter before in the four hours it's taken to record this ad. Uh, and I thought, you know, I always think that line I got a letter from the government the other day, I opened it, read it, said they were suckers. Mm. Hmm. They wanted me for the army or whatever. Picture me giving a damn. I said, That's not what the letter said. No. Because it was an email to start with. That's right. It was an email that just wanted to say thanks for all your support, which struck me as um, amusing because they support us a ton. Yeah. And we are more than happy to um, quote old public enemy songs and have further faster supporting us. Yeah. And with all the love... They're in. What was really cool about that email yes. was they said about how many people come into the shop and say, hey, yeah, do church radio. Yeah. It's and badger. that's so cool. Yeah, it's cool how it's people rocky. get... I wonder if anyone goes in there and sings the jingle at them. Or mixes up Rocky and Badger. Mixes up Rocky and Badger. Yes. They could do that. Affable. Pursuit. Yes. yes. Or goes in there just to check out Jacob's calves. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. You can see them from Google Maps. Yeah. They're like... Yes. Oh, there's the shop. It's behind its calf muscles. I can't <laughs> go in there. 
Anyway, <laughs> furtherfaster.co.nz. Get yourselves there. Get in behind. And listen to this jingle. That's right. It goes something like further, faster, there in Christchurch. Rocky is hairy and so is Badger. Jules is nice and Jack is delicious. Go further, faster now. Oh, further, faster, there in Christchurch. Rocky is hairy and so is Badger. Jules is nice and Jack is delicious. Go further, faster now. Ditchitch Radio. Put it up. Hear that? Episode 95. We made it. We did. And we're actually in the same room. We're not locked down Larry's anymore. We're not. We're not. We are here. Socially distant, but yes. still together. Yes. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome back. Hey, thanks. I like yeah. what you've done with the place. If you could sit, like, I'm always impressed with Eugene's setup, but it, it seems like it's, there's monitors, there's consoles, there's, there's multiple laptops. It's, it's not. It's looking as, really professional. Wow, it looks can be deceiving. <laughs> um, yeah, but basically, this has been the Coronavirus NZ podcast studio for. How He's many got weeks? a thing on the on the window that says "recording." It's uh, professional. Not really, but yeah, anyway. Red light. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you. What a week it has been. Yeah. Yeah. A few ups and downs, but here we are. Here we are. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, what what a conversation. Yes. Yes. Dave Proctor. Dave Proctor. Yeah. So Fast I, Dave. Did you tell him that we called him Fast Dave? No, no, no Canadian I Dave. Guess, not at I, all. I guess he's going to figure that out now. He'll figure that out. If he listens, yeah. he'll figure it out that we did affectionately refer to him as Fast Dave. Yeah. And and I feel not that the people who we interview on Dirt Church Radio are like little trophies, but I do feel if you were to have the, if you were to be like an ultra running card collector and you had like the top yeah. four for Biggs 2019. Tick, 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 yeah. tick. Yeah. Tick, 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 tick. Yeah. Bingo. Bingo. Mm. Got him. Yeah. So, you know, what a conversation. I was gutted to have missed it. Yeah, we had to yeah. jump up on it really quickly. Yeah. And, and circumstance uh, prevailed. Yes. And I was able to get on the call and, yeah. Grabbed him. So, for those of you who don't know, so he was at Big's Backyard last year is where we know him from down in New Zealand, yeah. mostly. But he's done some incredible, incredible, incredible he, feats. He was... He, he, Previous record, attempted the record of the fastest person across Canada, had to stop that, and then was looking to uh, reset the record before coronavirus hit. I mean, gosh, he's won several ultra marathons mm. and started running relatively late. You know, yeah. he said that basically he, in his own words, he was quite average and then just sort of applied himself yeah. <laughs> with ultimate dedication. And, and, you know, if you look at his virtual runs across Tennessee, oh my. My, yeah. My goodness me. Just dropping a hundred K a day. A so ca- casual four fifty nine. That's right. <laughs> Average. Yeah. Um last week was great too. Absolutely. Yeah. Last week was amazing. Yeah. Ben Duffus. Yeah. Like, I was I, we talked about it afterwards. I felt like we were for the last couple of weeks kinda of on a best little best behaviour, you know, talking to Sarah yeah. Hillary, best behaviour, best behaviour. And then Ben just let rip and it was great. Yeah, it was you know, good fun. It was really good, fun. good fun. Yeah. And he felt like a bit of Aussie royalty on Absolutely. the show. Absolutely. you don't have to behave as well with Aussie royalty, do you? Or our Commonwealth know. people. And I think... True. And I got that with Dave as well when we were talking. He was talking about, you know, like his affinity for pie. And he said fruit pie and meat pie. And, you know, like, I was yeah. like, yeah, I absolutely understand yeah. that, you know, even yeah. as a... As a vegetarian, I like meat pies. You know, like, yeah, well, I yeah. have loved some meat pies in yeah. the past. But everyone knows what that, there was a lot more kind of. Yeah. I saw I saw in our website traffic, there was a bit of a bump from Queensland, Ben's home state, 
oh, last really? week. Was some little, yeah. So that that was quite cool. If it was the first time you're listening, I hope the Kiwi accents didn't put you off. But <laughs> I mean, well, yeah. I mean, yeah. Too bad. There's probably a few Kiwi accents floating around Queensland. Probably yeah, are actually. So. Yeah, yeah. Hey, how's your Ruth Croft Vert program going? <laughs> Vert run program. Yeah, going? no, it's going really well. Uh, into my start of my third week, uh, and my legs feel stronger. Like, it's real interesting, like, the amount of strength work. Yeah. That it's, there's a lot of strength work in the program, which is something that I traditionally struggle with because I've always thought I'm, I'm strong. Yeah. So I don't need to do strength work, but it turns out I really do need to do right. strength work. And, and is that focused on any particular area? Your legs and core. Right. So, yeah. And lots of, like, really cool. I had a really cool workout the other day. Uh, it was surges. Um, I'd never done a surge, didn't know what a surge was, but I really enjoyed it. It was yeah. really cool to actually focus on... What I was doing, not a specific, not a, like, normally, not, even if I had a structure, I'd, I'd worry about the average case or I'd worry, sure. but what I did was just thought of, this is what I have to go and do, and I went out and did it, and it was yeah. really cool. Cool. Yeah. So I'm enjoying it, and uh, I guess, you know, like, we, you know, we're in, they've, they've given us the code, uh, Dirt Church 10, if you want to sign up to Ruth Croft's program, and I know that a few of you are, um, it's 10 American dollars off a uh, 14-week training program. And I think it works out to about six, six US a week for 14 weeks. So cool. you get 10 bucks off that. And yeah, if you go to vertrun.com, really, really good. Cool. And I'm really enjoying, again, you know, like I'm really enjoying the structure. So getting back into just some structure and knowing that I just go out and do what i got to do. And yeah. It's cool. Yeah, yeah. Just being able to just focus on actually what you're doing rather than worrying about what you have to do. Yeah. Is there lots of one-legged things? Not yet. Right. You're the king of one-legged things, though. No, I'm not. You can stand on one leg and just... I I can stand on one leg, yes. Yeah. (laughs) Hop and... But, yeah, I can hop and I can do stuff like that. See, that makes you a king in my world. True. (laughs) Okay. Maybe I'm a duke of... Unbalanced. Duke of one leg. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But, yeah, a lot of strength stuff that... Yeah. yeah, But I noticed the quads are treating me right now. At the start, they were like, what what are you you up to? And surging. Yeah. I called you Matt Kipchoge. Yeah, which is just disgustingly... Inaccurate. <laughs> I don't know who should be more insulted. Probably Elliot Kipchoge <laughs> or any serious runner. He's like, yeah. what? Um, hey, apart from that, how you been? Yeah, good. You know, good. life. Yeah. It's great to be back. Uh, yeah. It's great to be here. Uh, life keeps on and new normal. And but hopefully, you know, looking at some some goals on the horizon and mm. stuff taking shape. And it's kind of nice to come out of the fog, really. Yeah. Speaking of though, I, I went running tonight and it was so foggy. Yeah. Uh, at the top of the trig. I had to run the dog when I got home, so I went and ran the dog, did the trig loop, and it was so foggy, couldn't see a foot in front of my face. Really? Because mm. from there, lately, because it's been so clear, you must have been able to see for miles. Yeah, see everything. Yeah. But not anymore. Wow. Huh. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, I'm good. I had a nice run in the forest uh, on Sunday. Yeah, I slept through my alarm. <laughs> so I just, <laughs> this is right. the first I, time ever. I yeah, I ended up alarm. leading a... a Few few of us through the forest, um, kind of made it up as I went along. Only got sort of quote unquote lost once. Yeah, uh, missed a turn off, but I knew where it was. But unfortunately, uh, there might be some film footage of it. Really? Yeah, Gareth was filming at the time. Yeah. Yeah, bad luck. Anyway, my reputation's going to be ruined. But um, and only one of us managed to fall over the entire time. Oh. Yeah. Happened, we're, we're, happened to be me. Uh, where? Uh, where was it? It was just as we were heading to go up Baikonur. Oh, okay. Well, just on that little, you know, where you turn 
that right that I used to miss. Yeah. And now I know where it is. Yeah. And it's a little bit like, like clay. That was really claggy on the weekend. It, it was. was. So the clay, easy. because it's been so dry, yeah. it was just like a... Runoff. Yeah. Yeah. And so I managed to stay upright, down cry baby. Yeah. Good man. Yeah. But uh, got to this that little track heading up to Baconator and... Aided. Yeah, Tom called it my matrix move. <laughs> oh, really? Did you go over backwards? <laughs> oh, yeah, I did. I kind of went. It was one of those ones where you like, it's like you're coming off a skateboard and yeah. you're like, I'm going to make this. I can do this. I... Oh, so you ran forward? Yeah, I ran yeah. forward. I ran sideways. Right. <laughs> I, went, I went forward again and then it just went bang oh. onto my backside. But it didn't hurt. It That's was just, just, just my pride. Um, but yeah, it was fine. It was good fun. It was good to run with. You know, run with some people. I hadn't run with Tom for ages, yeah. so that was good. And Harry and others. So it was it was good to get out there in the forest again. And like you, you know, like you experienced tonight, it was pretty foggy. And I quite like the forest when it's like I that. I do too. Yeah. Like it's, I mean, it's really, it's like Terry Davies said, you know, like weeks ago, go run something. Go for a run, you're great. Go for a run on trail. I mean, it's amazing. Go yeah. for a run at night. It's even cooler. Go for a run at night in the fog. Yeah. Yeah, Living. yeah. We had like snow on half of us, oh, cool. and the back half we didn't. <laughs> but you know, nice. yeah, not really. Yeah, yeah. So um, our Patreon patrons, yes, just a special shout out to them again. Thank again. you very much. Yep. And look, you know, it's it's not easy at the moment, and people are in financial struggle and stuff. So as we said last week, we haven't really been talking about Patreon just because it's tough at the moment. So yep. we really, really appreciate it. There's no pressure. Um, it just helps us do some things that we've got to get done yep. um, and to make this podcast what we want it to be. Yeah, so thank absolutely. you. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, full back piece tattoos are expensive. Getting the dirt church radio across the lower back. No, it's a, leaving that aside, uh, in, in the 90s where it belongs, um, go to patreon.com slash dirt church radio. I think you said quite enough. Yep. Anyway, hey, um, I kind of outed myself as a bit of a scaredy cat last week. I read that, uh, and I, I even recounted. Remember that time that I do last year vividly remember when that. I went across that bridge and Riverhead on all fours. I vividly remember that. Yeah, I, t- I read about that as well. I read it. Mm. I got really confused initially because the photo of you at Kepler yes. looks very similar to the photo of me at Kepler. It does. Because we were wearing the same jacket, same jacket. the same sort of mm. pants. And thanks, then I Montaigne. Looked, thanks for thanks the faster. Thanks for the faster. Thanks, Montaigne. But I looked at it and went, someone's photoshopped Eugene's face. I'm like, oh, I got really confused. <laughs> but anyway. Stop, just doing some crazy things. Anyway, so apart from adding myself as a skitty cat, I just wanted to say to people, it's okay to be a bit that way. Yeah. You know, and the way to overcome it is to join up with mates. Yeah, which is what, absolutely. That's, you know, I wouldn't have run half the places I have without my mates. You know, courage sometimes comes in numbers. It comes from the encouragement of others. And it comes from planning races, which, yep. you know, we're getting back into, aren't absolutely. we? Absolutely. Uh, that you're going to run with your friends. And I know our, fo- our sport is full of super adventurous people. I mean, you just look at Instagram and social media, you know, Facebook and YouTube and Facetubes and all yep. those things. And you see some people in some epic places, but I just wanted to give a shout out to all the timid runners out there. Yeah, I think you'll find though, the people, you know, everyone's scared of something. And there are those of us who perhaps do relish a little bit more technical terrain or, Mm. you know, when the weather is more inclement. But like, you line me up at a park run, I'm 
fair crapping myself. <laughs> you know. Well, yeah, it's just, I guess, yeah, we all find our place, don't we? Absolutely. Yeah. I, personally, I love getting out in rough weather. I, I love the weather. Um, it's, I guess it's the terrain the bit that, that makes The weather me, hits. <laughs> yeah. That makes me go, ooh. Um, and that's okay. And yeah. it, I, it's, I guess it's been part of my, my trail running journey has pushed me mm. to places that Absolutely. I wouldn't normally have gone to. And I'm grateful for that. And yeah, I just, I just wanted to encourage people, push yourself within, you know, yeah, your limits and with your mates and you will have a good time. Absolutely. Mm. So what races aren't running this year, Eugene? Well, we're going to list them all. <clears throat> Here we go. Hang on. <sighs> no. uh, but yeah, UTMB uh, added to the list Absolutely. this year. Hard Rock as well. Yeah. Um, but I saw a tweet from Sophie Grant, who you know, she's a Kiwi in the UK at the moment, or travelling around Europe, who's and she's been at UTMB every year since 2014, and she said, it seems like this year has been given to us for training rather than racing, so let's try and focus on making next year extra special. And then she also said, I also like to think the mountains are probably pretty happy to have a little break from us racing around them. That's so cool. I agree. That is so cool yep. and such a great attitude. Um, yeah, just Mother Nature's little break. Mm. Yeah. Hard Rock 100, second year in a row. I know. They must, they must America's have been Root Burn. Yeah. Yeah. But absolutely right thing to do. Um, they just can't continue with these races. No, I mean, why would you? Why would you? Yeah, yeah. Shall we just skip to an extra, extra special greatest run ever? So this is the part of the show where we ask you to write in to tell us your greatest run ever. It doesn't have to be a race or a mountain summit or that time you nailed hard rock. It might just be a run around the block, something that's sung to you for some reason. So this is a special one again this week, and mm. it comes in two parts. So the first part... We got this from Matt Hopkinson, who was locked down in London and has his own dirt church cluster, the East London, <laughs> East London running crew. Oh, what a cluster that would be to be in. Uh, kia ora, dirt church Farno. Like a lot of runners, I've spent many lockdown hours reliving past runs, coming to terms with the races that have been cancelled and planning future adventures to take their place. There have been so many great runs, each great for different reasons, but one that stands out above the rest is the 2016 Wellington Marathon. In early 2016, I noticed Mum was starting to rack up some big Ks, building up long runs in a way that looks suspiciously like a marathon training plan. Having never run a marathon before, any mention that this might be the case was vehemently denied, and yet the Sunday runs keep growing, so it was no surprise when a month or so out from the Wellington Marathon, she announced to the family that she was making her debut. Given that Mum is a diligent cheerwoman of my personal fan club, oh, it was no-brainer to book flights down from Auckland to support. However, as race day approached and the taper monsters took hold, her self-doubt was real and getting to the start line seemed as big a challenge as getting to the finish. What if I ran it with you, I asked, and 48 hours later I found myself standing on the start line, the scene of my first marathon seven years earlier, next to my mum at the start of hers. Anticipating plenty of early adrenaline, the entirely unoriginal plan <laughs> was to hold a steady pace for as long as possible, then see where that got us. The marathon course takes you through Wellington City along Oriental Bay, then hugs the coast until it's time to turn around and come back. We settled in and headed out through a city so quiet it might as well have been in lockdown. By halfway, as the course headed around the Miramar Peninsula, we had found our rhythm and were having a great time. A quiet coastal road had been my go-to training route when I first started running and held so many memories of it 
and held so many memories because of it. It struck me then how cool it was to be able to share this while adding a pretty special memory in the process. No time for sentimentality though, as the rest of the family came into view for a quick quick resupply, some words of encouragement and a chance to drop our warm layers. Isn't hindsight a wonderful thing? Uh -huh. Although we'd started the day with perfect conditions, with 10 kilometres to go, the famous Wellington wind had arrived. We put our heads down and grinded our way around the bays until Wellington Stadium, the finish line, was in sight. As we made our way along the city's waterfront, a downpour a freezing sideways rain greeted us. It was at this point that mum passed me an earphone, Hey Jude, playing at full volume. To this day, whenever I hear the song, I'm transported back to that home stretch in the pouring rain, rocking out to the Beatles all the way to the finish line to witness the elation of someone who just smashed the goal they hadn't imagined possible is pretty special. To cross the line together and share that with them is even more so. It's definitely a run I'll never forget. Our unrelentingly steady pace even got mum a surprise first place in her age group. <laughs> Proud as punch. Yeah. How cool, Matt. Thank you oh, so much for sending that in. So that was good. amazing. And I just, like, have yep. you done the Wellington Marathon? No. I've done plenty of running uh, in Wellington. Yeah, right. Including you, around that Miramar Peninsula and so stuff. It's so beautiful. It's beautiful around, and like the sideways freezing around. I was yep. like, yeah, I know those runs. Yeah. So that's the first part of it. So the second part is, we got this email last week. Yeah, which said... Hi Matt and Eugene, last week it was Mother's Day. I'm lucky to have two beautiful adult sons, one living in Wellington and Matt, our older son, living in London. The distance feels so much greater right now, but our strong family bond holds us as close as ever. A sheet of A4 paper was presented to me last Sunday, a Mother's Day card, my greatest run ever by Matt Hopkinson. Tears welled and rolled down my face as I read this beautiful letter, his greatest run was my greatest run. His letter could easily have been mine, like the many dirt church followers I've written this letter many times in my head, but Matt, you've said it all so eloquently. I can only add that as a mother, as a parent, what total joy it is to run 42.2 kilometres with your son at your shoulder, patiently running mum's pace and encouraging you with his words. And yes, after four and a bit hours, we sang Hey Jude, loudly in the pouring rain, drenched to the skin and smiling like winners. My greatest run ever, one of the greatest days ever. Nah, 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 hey Jude. So cool. Thanks, Hilary Hopkinson. Yeah. Oh. And it's so... Isn't it amazing, like, just this conversation that we're about to have, like, that's beautiful. Yeah. And it's so family-focused. And talking to Dave, what I was most, you know, you'll see his TikToks that he's been putting out yeah. with his daughter. Have yeah. you seen them? Have you yeah, seen the compilation? Yeah, yeah. If you go to Dave Proctor's social media, he's been doing a bunch of, or the family have been doing a bunch of TikTok videos throughout lockdown. And mm -hmm. they're quite spectacular. Some, yeah. Like, they're all spectacular. Um, but it's... That family focus. Yeah. And it comes through in this oh, conversation. Hillary and Matt. I mean, that's just, Matt, what a beautiful thing to have done it, with your mum. What a beautiful thing for the two of you to share. And now you And what you've a beautiful just, way to express it. Yeah, absolutely. You've expressed it. And I, I try to describe to people what Greatest Run Ever is. Mm. And I never nail it because they're all so different and so special. This one nails something that I don't think many people have captured quite no. so well. And thank you. Yeah. Thank you both. And thank you, Hillary, for writing to us and Absolutely. telling us what the follow up, what happened. Because we you know, we badgered we've badgered you about sending in your greatest ones ever over lockdown. And the truth is that plenty of you have. Absolutely. So there's actually a bit of a backlog. So Matt sent us that obviously before Mother's Day and it has sat there for a while. And then he's done this beautiful thing of present getting it presented to her from London. Um and uh, yeah, and then Hillary had the chance to write to us. So, thank you both. How wonderful! Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I again, you know, we were this. Sorry to bring it 
around. But there's those different types of greatest run ever. One of the things that I've been struck with, like when you speak to like Zach Miller, and I, yeah, he's like, yeah, it was that ten or fifty? You know the yeah. video that everyone watched. That was my greatest run ever. Yeah. Was, and you go, oh, that was an amazing greatest run ever because obviously you yeah. won that and record whatever. And then another person will say, well, that time Mail Backhausen, I went for a run with my sister in yeah. the rain, and they yeah. were leech, you know, like Dean Carnassus running with his daughter. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, amazing, yeah, amazing, so amazing. This amazing. is really special and beautifully put. Well done. So Dave Proctor, Dave Proctor, Fast Dave, Canadian Fast Dave. Look, Dave Proctor. I mean. I guess you, you could say he did spring into many people's consciousness as the third play, the last in the last three at Big's Backyard, right? And in the back, uh, the virtual backyard ultra. But he's uh, previously tried to run across Canada in record time. He had to abandon that. Um, he had the world treadmill record for a hundred miles for a while. Zach Bitter just snatched it off. Snatched him. it off him. Um, he's a massage therapist. Lives in. Uh, Canada in Alberta, Canada, which is a big place. <laughs> and when you talk to him, when we talk to him, you really got a sense of just how massive the vastness, how, the vastness of the place. Um, the thing that struck me most about this conversation is just the focus on love and transcendence and how many of the lessons that you learn running are so applicable to, to real life. So, yeah, Dave Proctor. Digit Radio. All right, I've got a very special treat. I'm here with Dave Proctor all the way from Alberta, Canada. Kia ora, Dave. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Matt. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. Thank you, sir. Hey, uh, just, you know, it's it's my morning, your afternoon. Did you run today? No, I didn't. Uh, we've ended up, we've got an incredible rainstorm coming in uh, right now. And, um, yeah, I'm a little bit concerned about flooding in, in, in my region right now. Um, and, you know, coupled with that, with homeschooling with the kids, I thought, ah, it might be a good day to, to, to take off. Because, <laughs> you, I mean, you've had a bit on. You've been, you're on your uh, return leg of the virtual run across Tennessee, right? I am, absolutely. Yeah, no, I, it was started off on May 1st. Um, and... I thought, you know, I wonder, I wonder if I could utilize this this run across Tennessee, this this crazy event that Laz put on, um, to 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 really get some good training miles in, and so I started off running 100 kilometers every day, and uh, that went really very well. Um, lately, I've been pulling it back down to 50 kilometers. I think the other day I did another 100 kilometer day. But um, overall, it's you know just a really great way of getting training, uh, training in for for hopefully events coming up in the, in the, in the fall. Uh, wow, that's that's an incredible amount of. I mean, I don't know many people who who could sort of conceptualize running a, a hundred kilometers a day, even in you know be locked down or or not. But I mean, are you guys in Canada in lockdown at the moment? Well, industry is in lockdown, um, but overall, we're, we're allowed to, to go out and to, um, you know, being outside um, and being in nature is probably by, by far the safest thing you can do. And so, yeah, no, we, 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 we're not uh, restricted, you know, going out for a sp- specific period of time outside of our homes, like a lot of other European nations are, are right now. 
Um, but we, um, yeah, we're right now. I'm I'm a massage therapist, and I, I don't have any employment because, you know, our government has has indicated that you know massage therapy and other other industries like mine um, should be shut down, and which I agree with. Um, you know, to stop the the spread and uh, of COVID nineteen. So so no, overall, um, our governments are saying, hey, get out there and be active. What I've noticed is is in the town that I live in. There's a lot of new runners out there. There's a lot mm-hmm. of cyclists. There's a lot of you know, people are taking this opportunity. And I think that at a time like COVID-19 and everybody's thinking about, you know, health, um, you know, I think that a lot of people are thinking, mm, OK, maybe this is an op- maybe this is a time, uh, the right time in order to, 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 to really put my fitness and my health uh, top of mind. Uh, you're so right. I mean, where we live, it's it, noticing the same thing. I mean, we went into a very strict lockdown and basically our prime minister said okay everyone go inside you know and everyone went okay and they could and and so it became for that sort of four weeks it was what people could do so people were really sort of taking the opportunity you know and and we're in a we're in the opposite position from you we're in a drought so the weather's Mm -hmm. been unusually fine um so yeah tons of people getting out and just sort of slowing down i guess which is is, it's got to be a good thing for your mental and physical well-being well i I think so i mean you know when it comes to a quarantine and and a global um you know pandemic you know i think that that if you turned on the news right now there's there's a lot of bad news there's a lot of terrible things that are happening and, and a lot of things to to be concerned about but i think it also you know puts our world at a pause and we can we can all decide to to take from that pause what we want um and i don't know about you but I've, I've got three kids and i'm noticing that you know i've never been as close to my children as i am now with with them um there are many many positives that i'm that i'm going to be taking from this and, and probably creating quite a few shifts in my life um just simply because i was forced to to pause mm. in this in this 2020 yeah i mean i look we're in exactly the same position i've got three kids um i found myself in the you know, I, I have the privilege of being a, a frontline healthcare worker, so I was out every day um, going to work. But that sense of you're right, everything kind of slowed down and, and my wife got um, sent home. So she had that opportunity as well to just kind of really kind of reconnect and everyone just kind of reconnected and it was it was quite a quite a beautiful thing. But I mean, how are you fitting in the, I mean, I've got so many questions. <laughs> you know, how are you fitting in running 100 kilometers a day uh, with that family life and homeschooling and all that sort of stuff. Well, and and and, and it was a bit of a challenge, and that's exactly why I I, I bumped it down from 100 kilometers a day down to to 50 uh, kilometers a day. Um, is you know at the beginning on at May 1st um, I started running. Um, I got up at I think it was four o'clock in the morning every day, and and um, I get you know on the road by by five o'clock, um, and so. You know, I will run my my hundred kilometers in about eight to eight and a half, maybe nine hours. Um, so it's a little bit quicker of a pace um, in comparison to a lot of the other runners who who are right around the same you know mark on the leaderboard as I am with the run across Tennessee Laz Laz's event. Um, you know, there was one woman I was kind of dueling out with for a while. Her name's Terry, and and Terry got out there on the first day for for twenty hours. Wow! And so out on the road for twenty hours, and so. She was moving at a lot slower of a pace, um, but then she wasn't sleeping, right? And, yeah, sure. You know, and, and, and so for me, I would get done my run in the early afternoon, 
And, you know, I could still, you know, get home and prepare dinner and, and, and do things with my kids and then, and then, and then have time to recover, um, in order, you know, doing some self-massage my ankles or, you know, get in, in my, my Normatec recovery boots or, or whatever, whatever I needed and still getting an eight hour sleep at night. Um, so I can wake up early the next morning and doing it again. So, so I, I think that people are, you know, do it in different ways, you know, like take Terry. I don't know how she uh, motivates herself to to get out there for 20 hours a day um, yeah. where, you know, and really, to be honest with you, the, the, the virtual run across Tennessee, it, you know, there, there is no winner. I mean, even Laz um, doesn't want a winner. He, he's created this avatar and the avatar is named uh, gingerbread man. And the gingerbread man is, is programmed to run one mile further than you ran that day. So <laughs> you, there will, there, so there's, there is one winner and it's a gingerbread man who has no address and he's 99 years old, which is just a complete jerk move of Laz. <laughs> and so, but it, you wouldn't expect anything different from him. I mean, he's, well, he's built he's, a career on jerk moves, hasn't he? <laughs> oh, in the absolutely. Best, in in the it, most respectful way. In in the in the by far the most respectful way, but yet you know he, he, here we are. We shake our fist at him and and tell him to go to hell. But yet here we are. We're signing up for his races over and over and over again because it makes us transcend ourselves, right? So, you know, he didn't want a winner, so he just created an avatar that, you know, that that eliminated the winner. Um, but so so even with that, like Terry is not going to win this. Um, that well, she's she was the first woman across. Tennessee and, and she'll probably be the first one back across the other way. But I'm I'm really interested to ask her, you know, what 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 makes you get up in the morning and do this? Mm. Um like she can gut it out like nobody else. It's it's really quite impressive. It's an incredible amount of time to be on one's feet, you know, and then to get up the next morning and, and sort of do it again. And and, yeah, and to that, I mean I I'd like to ask you how how I mean how do you get to a place where you can bang out consecutive sort of eight to nine hour hundred k's? What was your, what's where did you when did you start running? When was it was it a has it always been something for you? Or is it are you relatively later starter? I, a little bit later of a starter. I'm, I'm turning forty this year, um, and you know I've been running competitive ultra marathons for ultra marathoning for about eight nine years now. Um, at the beginning of my you know, running life, I would, let's say I would call it, you know, 25 years old when I started running ultra marathons. Um, I, I don't know, I was pretty average. Um, and you know, I like to think that I knew what I was doing, but I really had no idea. Um, and it wasn't until later on a few years later when I started really putting together some big miles, um, in, in training that I realized that, you know, there's there's fit there's 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 ungodly fit and then there's cyborgs and I looked all around me, and I saw all these these insane runners doing these insane things and you thought how on earth is that even humanly possible, but I was so intrigued, and um, you know you you desperately wanted to to sharpen your knife to get better, um, and you know you heard about these people that were running these these hundred mile distances or two hundred mile distances and and at the end they looked comfortable and reasonable and you thought how is how is that even possible and so um I, I, year after year i just did more i ran more i worked on you know dietary habits um mental strategies um you know it it's endless when it comes to ultra marathoning because it's 
it's really a dynamic sport that i mean if one you know if one if one thing falls apart you're you're doomed um you're you are in trouble or 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 really are you not good at adapt at adapting and so year after year I, I got a little bit better and a little bit better and i truly tell i tell a lot of my kind of newer ultra marathoning friends i said yeah you know get used to the sock because mm. it's going to suck and suck and suck for five, six, seven, eight years until it starts not sucking as bad. It never does not stop. It never stops sucking. But you, you kind of, it, it takes, I, I, I think it takes seven years to build an ultramarathoning base. I, I um, agree with you on that one, 100%. Yeah. 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 It, it's, it's a tremendous amount of time. Um, and it's, it's adaptation. Like your body gets used to it. Um, you know, being on your feet for four hours, then eight hours, then 12 hours, and, and then two days and four days and six days. Um, the body will adapt and it will get used to it. Um, but you just, it's, it's not going to come overnight. Absolutely. Oh, you're so right on that. And I think it's that the further adaption too, in terms of your family unit, how your relationships adapt and how you then, you know, I think about like, again, another one of your amazing things throughout quarantine has been your TikToking. Well, I don't oh, know if that's the correct thing to say. I mean, I'm, we're around the same age and, and my girls go on TikTok a lot too. But engage, you know, engaging with that normal, fun family activity rather than the run, say, in your earlier our early years being the center of the universe. You know, so I've just done this run and don't you understand? <laughs> I'm tired. Right, this right, is, right. You know, this is just oh, what I absolutely. do. Absolutely. Well, the power of laughter and the power of of coming together as a family, and the strength in a family unit. Um, you know, I know it sounds a bit hokey, but an ultra marathoning spirit is absolutely everything. Um, you know, we can talk about how and why we we you know we or how we how we run, but but it's really why um, that really you know it makes you you know get to the finish line most of the time. I I find. And so, you know, having that family unit that, you know, number one, my wife is incredibly supportive. Um, I, 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 I definitely swung for the fences and I, I, I scored an, an incredible wife. Um, she's, you know, an incredibly, I can't imagine anybody being more supportive of somebody in a, in a quite an unhealthy um, <laughs> sport. <laughs> but then as well, too, my, my children, um, you know, and, and trying to, 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 to bring some balance into their life right now where there's very little balance. I, I've got a 14-year-old daughter that I've been doing these these TikTok videos. They, for anybody who doesn't know, TikTok is, you know, start, I think it started off with Facebook, then went to Twitter, then went to Instagram, and then went to all these other things. And TikTok is is not meant for 14-year-old, or is not meant for 39-year-old men. No. <laughs> I think everybody on TikTok is, you know, 13, 14, 15 years old. And they do these goofy little dances, um, and they're not goofy. They're, they're actually they're very. There's difficult. some amazing talents out there, right? Oh, and so you know, Julia has it. My daughter, my 14 year old daughter, has a TikTok account, and I said, "Hey, you know," and she was bummed one day, and I said, "Let's do a TikTok video together." And we practiced it, and I tried my best. I probably look like an idiot, 39 year old dad trying to screw in a light bulb and pet a dog with the other hand, and. You know, it was it was a tremendous amount of fun. We laughed and we giggled, and um, it just brought us closer together. So we did another one the next day and another one the next day, and we've we've made a habit of it. Um, and I, I really do think, and in, in, in getting back to the to the running, 
piece. Um, you know, you as a runner, you're only as good as, 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 as you are as a person. And I'm only as good as a person as I am as, as how happy my family is and how well we're doing. And during a time like COVID, um, you know, nobody's really okay. We're, we're all just trying to get by the best that we can. Mm. So yeah, no, I, I, I find that the, the, the TikTok videos, the, the goofy fun, you know, giggly stuff that we all do as a family to, to just get by, um, it transcends in, in everything. I mean, again, you're right. And it's that constant theme of whether it be running or it's this adaption. You adapt to what comes mm. through the door next. You adapt to, and no one, just like you can say, well, I've run 100 miles, I don't know, 10 times. I know what that's going to feel like. Yeah, you sort of do, but you don't know what's going to come around the next corner, right? And I guess it's the same with this process mm-hmm. that we're all going through as families or individuals. And I think that point's really important to what you said. It doesn't matter if you're running over Hill and Dale. If you don't have something to come back to, or if, if when you come back, the people who you come back to are unhappy, it, it does sort of tarnish what it, it's, it's, it's not a positive thing. No, it's not. No, your, your running should be the best part of your day. Um, the time that you take to, you know, to reflect and to, you know, I, I, I wrote a social media post the other day and I said, you know, when it comes to the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know, where we all have this pyramid and we're, we're all focused us ultra marathoners. I know a lot of us are focused on the self actualization and becoming a, a better, crisper human being at the very, very, very top. You know, we all have this 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 pyramid that's crumbling at the bottom mm. right now, right? Because, you know, I'm an incredibly social person and I can't get together with for, for beers with my friends at the bar. Um, and I'm also unemployed. Um, so I, I'm not I, – for the very first time in my life, I'm not contributing um, to, the, to the greater society that I, that I prefer to. Um, there, there, there's a number of different things that I've always been very blessed to live in a country like Canada, like you do in New Zealand, where we, we, we have beauty around us because we have an incredible social structure and I don't have to worry about having a, a roof over top of my head or food on my, on my dinner table. But right now, um, it's a bit shaky and, you know, I think that, um, we have a responsibility as ultra runners, because we, we people look at us um, and they go, "Okay, how do you do it? How do you adapt? How do you, how do you, how how are you so durable? How do you?" And you know, you just have to keep shifting and and and, and adapting to to really how things come about, you know, either either in a race or in life. And so, what I wanted to do the other day with that social media post is I ended up putting that out there because I said, I think there's a bit of a responsibility because I know a lot of runners will say, hey, 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 you know, I'm doing great here. Everything's mm-hmm. great. You know what? It's okay to not be okay. Yeah. It's okay to struggle and it's okay to say, instead of today I'm working on the self-actualization of my pyramid at the very top, I'm going to also acknowledge that the bottom part is crumbling and it's okay to just get by today and focus in the in the now in the moment and and just take a deep breath and 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 things will be better one day um because i i i just don't know how to respond to this um i think as ultra runners i think that we have a bit of a responsibility to to let everybody else know that it's okay to not be okay ah oh, i again sorry no like i i couldn't agree more and and one of the things that 
I found, and, and certainly with a lot of our friends found, is that everyone's, say, training or preparation for, A, whatever race we were doing, we're now not doing because there are no races. But even mm-hmm. if people were sitting at home or going to work, it seemed like what happened sucked all the psychological headroom out of everyone and you see all these posts on Instagram like you should use this time to learn a second language or you know mm. do whatever and and you're right it's like I had the energy to put pants on today and I had a shave that's winning you know <laughs> yeah absolutely it is absolutely it is because you could also turn inward and be very very destructive mm. right and so, you know, it could swing in all these different ways in which, you know, I don't have any practice for. I've never lived through a pandemic. Um, and, and none of us have unless you've, no. what, you'd be 88 years old because I think it was, you know, <laughs> what, be, you know, 1950 was the last time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But um, I was thinking, what was that again? It was back in 1953, 1954. It, 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 there, was, there was a disease that really only affected teenagers. Ah, ah, never mind. But basically, it's this really hasn't happened in in our lifetime, and it probably never will again. Mm. And so it's it, you know I, I think that you know the military. Sorry, and, and and no offense to anybody who's in the military out there at all, of course. But um, that whole I'm going to get up and I'm going to gut this out because I'm tough and I'm tough, and I'm going to listen to heavy metal and I'm going to get through this. Um, yeah, that'll get you out of bed in the morning. But it really won't transcend um, into, you know, a space of self-actualization where you you grow as a human being. And so that whole, hey, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay, it's okay to not be okay. And um, especially at a time like this, if you if you need help and support, um, if you just want to get on the phone and, and have tears with somebody that uh, that you trust, um, you know, go and do that. And, and 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 just get through this time. It, it's such an it, you can't overstate it enough. Hey, how things have changed, and in terms of you know camaraderie with people, it's, it's simple things like you said with your livelihood. Your livelihood is based on touch. I mm-hmm. shook someone's hand for the first time in eight weeks the other day, mm-hmm. and I can't. And and in my role, I'm you know I we always greet with a handshake. It's very important, you know. I shook mm. someone's hand for the first time in eight weeks, and I can't tell you how significant it felt. It was like, whoa, this sort of social thing that we were taken for granted. Just right, how, right. you know, even the the notion of, you know, your, the quarantine backyard ultra. I mean, who would have ever <laughs> thought that you'd be doing an, uh, a backyard ultra via Zoom? Right. Oh, and so that was so fun. Um we we ended up having um, and we'll we'll get to this later of course, but I you know I was planning to do this run across you know Canada in record time this summer, um, and so we like the rest of the world it seemed like there was about a seventy two hour period of time um, that the whole world collapsed and every public event just seemed to um, be cancelled all sporting leagues all everything. Uh, governments all over the world, they started meeting at distance and, and on and so forth. Um, and we had to adapt as well to the very same. We we ended up canceling our, not canceling, postponing to 2021, the, the run across Canada. Um, and so we, we ended up having about 30 volunteers that were all working on this with with me and, and my team with, with Outrun Rare. And 
that night I ended up getting a, fr- uh, a phone call from a friend and he says, you know, I've got this idea. What do you think if we pivoted? And we took all this energy because we have all this energy about this run happening mm-hmm. right now. And there is every single race. And we, we, we guesstimated at this point. We, we said every single race in the world is going to be canceled. There will be no public events. We could provide a free event for the world in order to have something to look forward to, to celebrate humanity and gather still at a distance um, doing a virtual backyard race. Now, you know, when it comes to backyard events, um, I was down I was at Big's backyard last year um, down in Tennessee, and I fell in love with the backyard concept. It's it, it pins you against yourself, really. Mm. Um, and it's really about not quitting and showing up and doing another lap. Um, and it's just so human. It's such a beautiful, beautiful thing. And so we thought, you know, let's use that concept, but let's gather, um, you know, thousands of people on zoom and broadcast it through YouTube. Let's make it a free event because people like myself, I, I'm unemployed. I, I can't afford uh, a race entry right now or shouldn't afford a race entry right now. And so let's make it free. So, you know, so we, we, it's, it's, it's open to everyone and let's put this on. And within two weeks, we ended up building, um, a, a, a race event called quarantine backyard that we had, you know, 2,400 plus, uh, runners on zoom links. We had all these zoom links that were popping up, um, all on the feeds. And then within, they were being fed off to, to YouTube and, like just like just like Big's backyard, um, every hour the the bell would ring. You need to answer that bell and exit onto your course, whether that was a six point seven kilometer loop around your neighborhood, or six point seven kilometers on your treadmill, um, or for some around people, your apartment, seven kilometers around your apartment living room guy like that. That was nuts, and he's coming back for the next one too. <laughs> um, and, or around your backyard in, oh shoot, where was that guy? He was in India. Yeah, but there were people that were doing some pretty wacky things around a coffee shop as well, too. Um, it was pretty nuts. But yet, you know, here we were putting on this event and it dwindled down from 2,400 down to 1,000, down to 50, down to 10, and finally down to two. And it was it was a beautiful thing. It was we brought a community together when, when, when people are angry and fearful and, 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 and worried about the future it gave something people to to celebrate and 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 really you know, not stop running just get up and swing your bed your your legs out of bed in the morning and just go through one more day and i think that the that the the translation between you know backyard of just one more lap and sometimes life just one more day i just got to get through this one more day i i i think it's a beautiful thing it, it's so true and i again i I love the idea of it's, you know, humans are such wonderful creatures and that just that ability to almost like uh, that middle finger into the void, you know, like mm. we're not going to, we're not unbowed. I'm going to run around my living room. Just the, the, right. the I mean, who yeah, in their stop. right mind? And it's the, it's the best, it's simultaneously probably the best and worst idea that man ever had. Right. <laughs> just, yeah. just to just to put that out there and yeah it's it's such a oh, it's so fantastic you're i wanted to talk too about 
you know, last year at Biggs and, you know, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. what if, I mean, as a, as a New Zealander, I mean, I couldn't be prouder. I mean, we'll adopt Katie. She's, she is oh, British, yeah. but, you know, she's, she's ours. But, you know, Will, uh, so there was, you know, there was you, Will, Katie and Maggie. I mean, how was the camaraderie amongst you four? It was incredible. Um, you know, num- you know, well, throw- I, I really, I, I knew Maggie a little bit going into the event. Didn't know Will, didn't know Katie. Um, and, you know, I, I got to know them on the course. I really didn't get to know Will all that much. I was typically finishing a loop much quicker than he mm. was. I'd always see him out there. And I kept thinking, that guy doesn't look good. <laughs> and I kept thinking, there is no way this guy's going to be good for another, you know, five laps. And there he was. And in fact, he was looking better at the end than he was halfway through. Um, he, he was really, truly incredible. Uh, Katie, on the other hand, was just a pinnacle of strength. She just didn't show any sign of, of discomfort or weakness at, at any one time. And so when she dropped out, I was I was very surprised. Um but I, th- I think that's the backyard style as well, too, is you, you, you don't show weakness um, to your counterparts. And, no, and then, of no. course, Maggie. You know, Maggie was, was I think, I think if, if Maggie had a dancing partner, um, we, we would be seeing a new, a new record. Um, I think it would have gone 72 hours. Wow. She was very mm-hmm. clear. She, I mean, she was very clear on that. And, 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 and you're right. There's, those, there's, there's different, and having been lucky enough to stand on the, the start finish line of a backyard there's just mm-hmm. there's different styles every runner has different styles and then once oh. you get to the sharp point every runner who's lining up is is, is almost completely different and exp- yeah expresses oh. strength and weakness differently and and things can change Absolutely. very much of the well and, and even that, maggie out there she was you know she content you know, she number of times she says dave i think it's pretty obvious you and i are going to go deep in this and I said, well, sure, yeah, I, 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 would, I would hope you're right. And she said, okay, you have to sign a, a verbal contract with me here now that you're not going to quit until we get to 71 because I, I need that 72. And I said, wow, you, you like planning, girl. I said, you know, I, I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm going to finish this loop. I, I know that. I'm going to do what I need to do right now to know that I'm going to get out of the next one. But that's all I can think, man. And, you know, it's, if I thought, you know, one day out in advance, knowing me, that's going to cripple me. Right. Um, I, I, I can't think that far, far ahead. Um, you know, you know, I, I, I definitely practice a lot of running, um, in the moment and, and, and mind, mindlessness, uh, within running. And, you know, the idea that the past has happened, the future hasn't happened yet, the past and the future are what cripple us as runners. And really, if you're really focused on your breath in the moment, you're okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're, you're, you, you'd rather be sitting somewhere else, putting your feet up, having a beer and a, and a barbecue, for sure. But you're doing okay. Um, it's just, it's a state of discomfort is all it is. So, yeah, no, no, it was really quite funny because, yeah, Maggie kept on me about that. And I was like, hey, listen, here's Dister. I'm we're good, but you know, like I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tell you I'm gonna be here after eighty hours or ninety hours or seventy hours. I'll I'll get out on the next one. How about that? <laughs> wow, she sounded like a hard taskmaster. I, I think that what you're oh, saying. Yeah, I mean, yeah. 
No, good. Yeah, she Please. she was goal very very goal oriented, and and you know what, and it works out for her. That and yeah. that's her personality, and you know I know I know all the other runners. Your personality shines through, and either it'll it'll drown you or it'll it'll lift you, and it really lifted her that day. In that sense, what you said, I mean, I, I think that translates to to life in general. That sense of yeah, the past will cripple you, uh, rumination, and the the future will cripple you too. If you sort of have that sort of anxious, you know, worrying about things that haven't happened yet, it's 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 an ideal state to just be like, okay, I'm right here now where I stand. Is the is the backyard that's looking to happen all being well? Or they the, the quarantine back? Oh no, oh, the big spec. I don't know yet. Yeah, I don't know yet. I you know I talked to Laz a couple of weeks ago, and he he seems pretty confident. Um, but yeah, anybody who can tell me how this uh, COVID nineteen is going to play out with and comes to vaccines and on and so forth, mm. anybody who has the right answer, um, you know, is the the most sought after person in the world. And <laughs> as much as I think Laz is a smart man, I don't think he's that smart. So I, I I'm I'm thinking it's going to be happening. Um, and it's stacked this year. It is oh, unreal. Bonkers. Everyone is going. Um, and I'm, I'm stoked. I, I think it's going to go hundred hours. Um, and I know I, when I, when I say that number to people, they, they laugh and shudder and they're like, oh, it's impossible. You, you just need a group. You just need a bunch of bozos, idiots who don't really understand when to quit <laughs> to all be out <laughs> there. And my, my sense is we're going to have three over 72 this year. Right. And once you get three over 72, um, why not 100? And I think it's going to end very shortly after 100, but it, it'll be over 100 for sure, I think. Wow. I mean, and and that's right. You look at the, you know, you look at the start list. Even, even you know, the the four that went last time, the other people who have come back and, and the, the two that sort of spring to my mind, you know, Camille Heron, Courtney DeWalter, having mm-hmm. those people in the mix, that's right. going to... That's going to stir up. That's kicking over the hornet's nest, right? Oh, and then Olivier LeBlanc. I mean, he's a guy that nobody really talks about, but speed is rewarded on this course. Um, and I know everybody says it's not, but it is. It is it so, so, is. so rewarded. I remember, you know, I was looking at some statistics afterwards, and um, I was running loops a bit quicker than, um, you know, than, than most. And I remember at the 50-hour mark, I think I had five hours less time on my feet than exactly. Mankey did. And I was getting full sleeps. Like I was being woken up and I was, Oof, okay, I'm groggy. And I'm thinking, this is ideal. Like this is exactly how you go into the fourth day. And so, you know, I think that Camille's got speed. Uh, Olivier uh, ran 270 kilometers in last year's World 24 Hours. Um, speed is rewarded on the course. You get off your feet and you're able to close your eyes and, you know, it takes you a period of time to fall asleep, um, you know, two, three, four minutes. But, you know, if you have an extra two or three or you know, an extra 10 minutes after those two or three, four minutes, every minute really, really adds up. One hundred, like we had, yeah, we, that, that was witnessed at, at, at the relapse, you know, we had a, there was the five sort of top people and there's a gentleman from Rotorua who was the last and I don't he was the last non sort of elite runner to drop out and he got to I think 120 kilometers um mm-hmm. and he 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 was amazing and he just looked 
I mean, he was doing, yeah, he was doing 10 minutes a lap slower than, say, Ian Evans, who was running consistent 45, 46-minute laps, you know, and Ash was doing 56-minute laps. And that that's over that period of time, you know, that's a massive amount of, even of oh. that, you know, sleep and everything Absolutely. Like when you take a, a woman like Camille or, or Olivier or, 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 or um, you know, even, even people like, I'm thinking, you know, um, like Zach Bitter, who just, you know, broke the treadmill 100 miles, um, you know, having his speed um, in which he can stay in zone one, he, he could be producing, you know, less lactic acid than his body is able to get rid of and stay in that zone and run a 44 minute, run a 46 minute. I mean, there's nothing worse than if you can't run a 44-minute or a 46-minute, then trying to do that and going into zone two or zone three. Right. I mean, that's a disaster looking for a place to happen. So whatever you do, you know, whatever your body's giving you, um, take it, right? Don't, don't, don't teeter into that place where you're getting into a, a bit of an, an orange or red zone um, early. But, you know, if you can end up running a little bit quicker but still staying in zone one, and then being rewarded with a, you know, with a longer sleep, it's going to pay dividends for those. If you, if if you're planning to run so far that you're going to that, that that sleep deprivation is going to be the, the 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 missing link. Speaking, I mean, sort of flexing to. I'm thinking about sleep deprivation, and I'm thinking about what you were planning before this whole. Uh, garbage fire started which was <laughs> you were planning to uh set a record for or you're going to attempt a record run across canada mm-hmm, mm-hmm. canada sorry this sounds so naive you know, i live in a place with five million people which is tiny but canada's a big 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 place oh it's huge uh well it's the second biggest country in the in the in the world um and i would argue i would i would argue with anyone that it's by far it has by far the hardest speed record, um, simply because of the, the the size of it and the speed that it was run back in 1991. Um, it's it's 7,200 kilometers. Um, so the the Trans Canadian speed record stands at 72 days, which is really 100 kilometers every day for 72 days in a row, no days off. Um, that's a lot of running every day. That's a lot, of and it's a lot of time to you know that. You know, if you're not running, you're eating. If you're not eating, you're sleeping. And you wash, rinse, and repeat every day. And you can't really have too many bad things happen. As well, too, in Canada, we we got a lot of climbs. The mm. Canadian is 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 full of it. It's almost never flat. In the Prairie Provinces, in Manitoba and Saskatchewan, yeah, yeah, we got some flat sections. But that's two of the provinces. It, right. So it's 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 a lot of climbing. And it's, it's, it's a long, it's a long, 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 long summer. And so, yeah, no, I was, I attempted it back in 2018. Um, I, I started off in, in Victoria and started running my 105 kilometers every day. Um, and it went, went great. What pace were um, you at, if I may ask? How long was it taking you each day out of your, out of your day? Yeah, I mean, because so you obviously got to balance speed versus longevity. Exactly. Well, and that, and that's the tricky part, and that's where people, most people, don't understand it, right? Where I was running, and people, a lot of people were saying, "Ooh, Dave, you're running too quickly." Um, which, I mean, everybody has a bit, bit of a different strategy. Again, if you're in zone one, you're cool. Um, but I was running about an average of six minutes per kilometer when I was running. But 
really, I would stop at 20 kilometers and 40 kilometers and 50 and 60 and 70 and then 80 and then 85 and 90 and 95 and 90 or 100 and then 105 um, at an RV that would be pulled up ahead. And I would always eat and drink and reapply sunscreen because sun burns. They, 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 they damage you later. Uh, reapply lube uh, because, hey, we, we've all been there. Because with you need lube. You, you just do. So there's all those little tiny things that you say, okay, I'm going to tend to this and this and this and this and this on the next stop. And those things take up two minutes here, four minutes there. And over the entire day, it does take time to manage yourself. Because that one little, let's talk about lube, that chafing, that one little break in skin on day seven, what about day 14 and then day Mm. 21? It's going to end you. Um, You can't allow for any one break of skin throughout the entire run. Um, As well, too, pulling back the pace and eating enough food. Let's face it, what runner out there is really eager to eat and eat and eat, you know, 500, 400, 600 calories per, per hour when you're out there running? Nobody, no, nobody wants to eat that amount of food, but it's the, it's, you know, I know my friend Pete Kostelnik, he's got the Trans-American speed record. He, after running across America, he said, he said it to me best. He said, Dave, it's more of an eating contest than a running contest. You have to be better eater than you're a runner. Because what you were you eating? 10,000 10, calories of food a day. <laughs> so I was, eat, I was eating all the wrong foods. Um, and when I say that, I mean, you know, you know, the wrong foods are also the right foods. And you'll, right. you'll see why yeah. I'm saying that in a second. Like my favorite was pie. Um, fruit pies, meat pies, you know, thick crust. Like who doesn't like pie? If you could, if it was a responsible thing to do, eat, to eat pie every day, all day. Hey, yeah, give me some pie. <laughs> um, loads of ice cream. Um, after I was done running, I, I wouldn't eat ice cream during, during a run because I don't do well with dairy when I'm running. Um yeah, I would be drinking a lot of smoothies at night. Um, and so and they would be made with liquid whipped cream. So you end up putting just loads and loads of cream and butter in everything that you that you that you. Uh, so but basically comfort food, um, you know, a lot of burgers, a lot of, you know, shepherd's pie, a lot of um, stews, you know, those, those, those meals when you put a, a warm you know, spoon of whatever to your mouth, you go, oh, okay. I could Sticks never get sick ribs. of this. Exactly. exactly. Oh, that was the other thing too, a lot of ribs. Um, <laughs> I really wanted a lot of barbecue. Barbecue and beans and rice, right. you know, just everything that was that was really meaty and heavy. So you were yeah, a furnace essentially and just throwing whole trees into this furnace for this whole time. Exactly, exactly. And even with that, I lost a lot of weight. Um, but really, I'm... You know, I'm 150 pounds. I'm six feet tall. I don't have a lot of weight to lose. No. And so, you know, across, and that's one of the beautiful things. With you look at a trans Canadian speed record of you know 72 days. You know, if I start off the run and I'm 150 pounds, I'm probably going to end at about 115 to 110. And oh. you know, it's it's yeah, it's going to be, you know, it, so it makes the longevity out there. I know you might, again, my, my friend from, from the States, Pete Costello, who ran across the States in 42, 42 days. And he said, you know, at the end, he said, how, how, how could you do if, do it for another month? And I, I, I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm eager to find out. Um, but I, I think that just the, the size of the country, um, just makes it that much harder. 
And and you're doing it for, again. You're not. You're doing it because you you're driven. But it's this advocating for outrun rear. Yeah, yeah. So my wife and I, we about four years ago, we started up a foundation called um, Outrun Rare. And what Outrun Rare is, is it's a national uh, advocacy and awareness campaign. Um, Canada's largest ever, uh, which I'm really excited to, to say. Um, and it all started because of my son. Uh, I've got three kids, like we were saying earlier. And my, my middle boy, his name is Sam, and he's got a rare disease. And it's a rare disease called relapsing encephalopathy with cerebellar ataxia. Uh, we, we call it RECA because it's you know hard to say over and over again. Mm. And he's basically ataxic. So he, he lacks balance and coordination. He's got significant damage to the back part of his brain called the cerebellum. And if I gave you a little shove, you, you'd be able to balance yourself and coordinate you know, yourself. Uh, he would struggle with that because he's right. had damage done to the back part of his brain due to the, the rare disease. And so um, overall, you know, it took us six years to get that diagnosis in my country. Um, and even since, there's very little that my country and our medical system can do. And, you know, as Canadians, we, we brag all the time about how wonderful our, our medical system is. And to be honest with you, it is great. We, we have a very good medical system. If you have a disease that's well known, like sure. cancer or type 2 diabetes or something. But Canada is still the only developed country in the world without a rare disease strategy. And I didn't know that until my kid had a rare disease. And you know, we went to researchers and doctors and scientists and and we got this really weird response from them and they were like Oof. basically hey you go stand over there we're going to get around to you and then they don't right. and you think whoa, whoa okay what what's what's wrong here and so finally one of our doctors ended up telling me that we don't have a rare disease strategy so we really they don't know where to put us and there's very limited research and there's limited access and, and drug support and on and so forth. And, you know, Dave, we're sorry because you should live in a country like New Zealand or you should live in a country like England or you should live in a country like the United States. But you live here and we're sorry about that. And I got thinking about this and started lobbying a lot of our rare disease organizations in Canada and saying, hey, 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 we don't have why, – why don't we have a why don't we have a national awareness strategy? Why don't we have why, why aren't we going to government? Why aren't we going to average Canadians and saying, "Hey, this is a real problem. Why aren't why aren't we getting on this?" And they said, "Well, Dave, yeah, why why don't we?" Basically pointing the finger back at me and saying, "I maybe you should be the one that gets off your butt and does something about this." And so my wife and I had a number of drinks on the patio that night and decided, "Okay, um, we have this incredible Canadian hero um, named Terry Fox in our country. And, and Terry Fox ran across our, the country with one leg back in 1980. Um, he ended up passing away halfway through because his cancer returned. Uh, but ever since, he ended up raising over 800, or his organization ended up raising over $800 million and really transformed the way that cancer care was presented in Canada. Um, there's a, there's a, a quote that states, it's not how far Terry Fox got, it's how far he got us. Wow. And, you know, he's been a hero of mine ever since I was in the first grade and I learned about him and, you know, that human drive 
and that humanity and and the love for you for your child and the love for 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 others and and and, and people that are struggling it just transcends and I've never felt as passionate about anything in my life as the you know, as, as the the support that I want to give my son and the supports that aren't there and if I can even be one little step in closer to getting him those supports and making life better for him and other families living with rare disease in our country by um, doing something big and creating enough fireworks and say, okay, um, policymakers in Canada, all of our politicians, and also the average Canadian, mm. you, got, you guys don't even know that this is an issue. And I'm going I'm here to tell you it's an issue. And and by doing something big and saying, hey, I'm gonna run 105 kilometers every day for 67 days in a row across our country. And I'm gonna do this because I would run to the ends of the earth for my son Sam. Yeah. So really it's you know, our career is a is a passion campaign. Um and it really comes down to, you know, how far would you go for the health and well being of your child? And I think that every Every parent out there, and not even every parent, but every human being would go through the ends of the earth for their loved ones. And and that's what we're doing with Outrun Rare, is I would I would go to the ends of the earth for my son, Sam. Mm. And at times with the run across Canada, it does seem like, you know, it is the ends of the earth because it's 7,200 kilometers. But um, yeah, ho- hopefully we could end up bending the needle in Canada and end up creating a conversation that then policymakers will really get off their their seats and 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 do something about this and and give us the support and the access that we that we truly need and deserve. And and when will you look to start this? I mean, I know it's been delayed because of the COVID response. Will it be net twenty twenty one? You'd be looking at it, all willing. You bet. Yeah, June first, twenty twenty one. We're going to start off in Newfoundland, so on the far east. Uh, it'll take us nine days to run across that island. It's a huge island. Wow. And get onto the mainland um, and run across Canada. The biggest province is Ontario. It'll take 20 days of running 105 kilometers every day to get across one province. So it's it's a big country. A lot of the time you don't run across a town for two, three, four hundred kilometers. Um, you might feel like you're in the middle of nowhere. But, you know, what's neat is I, I know that already we, we have, you know, the hearts and, 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 and passion of the rare disease community behind us. Um, and so I know when I falter out there, I'm kind of faltering as well, too, for them. And I, I, I can't do that. I've, I've, you know, I've got too many of my friends who have very, very sick children who either have had to attend funerals or 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 may have to soon and um me going for a run and feeling a relative you know feeling of discomfort versus the discomfort mm. that they're feeling on a regular day-to-day basis it's not even comparable mm. so uh, it's, it's so again it's that universality of a day like as a parent you've literally like you said you, you would run to the ends of the earth you would run you you know we we it's what we do we we lay down our lives really wouldn't we and uh, that sense of yeah doing something that you know makes you a little bit not a little bit sore running across Canada but yeah the the distress uh, doesn't doesn't certainly compare. Oh. No, it's all yeah yeah it's all perspective. I mean you know that's the thing is I thought that I felt pain in my life 
you know, I thought that I, I, I could categorize pain and I, I could quantify pain and, and, and describe pain to others. And then, and then you're sitting, then your kid gets sick. Mm. Um, you know, I'm so lucky. Like I love my parents and they're both still alive. Um, you know, I haven't had to, to, to go to a close friend or a family funeral. Mm. Uh, but I, I can't imagine that, that pain and discomfort. And I, and I think that's it is, is, you know, as ultra runners, um, you know, how do you respond to those stresses and how do you respond to, to those, to those, you know, those pain receptors and signals? Um, are you living or are you dying? Right. And the fact that you can go out and go for a 24 hour jog and celebrate living and having two legs to complain about, um, yeah, it's a, it's a privilege and it's a joy to be able to go out and, and, and breathe the air and, and, and actually go and have a meaningful experience during every run or every race. It's, 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 it's the beauty of the world. You're so right. <laughs> and it's that thing, isn't it? That with, you know, ultramarathon running or trail running or whatever, any, any sort of endeavor where it involves disc- either discretionary income or discretionary time, the pain that you're experiencing is, is the pain of privilege. And I think that it it's uh, it's a it's a beautiful thing, and and to, and when you oh. get that straight in your head, I guess it it makes it, it makes everything much sort of more sense. And, and it does, and it, and it transcends in so many different ways in life. You know, the things that I've ended up learning through through ultra marathoning, um, I've just become a way better father and a way better friend and a way better husband, um, and way kinder to myself as well too. I mean. You know, you, you sort of back to 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 backyard and, and you know backyard style events, and and you know we were discussing Big's back Big's backyard last year. Um, and if you don't mind, I just want to share with you, kind of you know one tactic that I, that I was using last please, year please. Uh, in Tennessee. And you know, Laz Laz is a funny guy, and I remember I was talking to him before the event, and he said, you know, you're gonna get you're you're gonna hate my whistle. And he said, you, you know, a lot of people come up to him and say, hey, I wanted to hang you uh, from the tallest tree by your, your whistle string. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, you, you're given the three-minute warning, the two-minute warning, and the one-minute warning by three whistles, two whistles, and one whistle. And he said, you know, when you're, when you're shot, when you're tired, and you hear that whistle, it just makes you cringe. And he said he loves blowing the whistle and looking around and seeing who starts shaking first. And, you know, I got thinking about that and I got thinking about Pavlov's dog theory. Um, and so about three months before Tennessee, I would wear a whistle around my house and I would blow a whistle and I would, you know, kiss my children. I would blow a whistle out. Right. I would eat, you know, good food. I would blow a whistle. I would, I would hug my wife. Um, all the things that bring me joy in life. Um that you know elicit a, a certain response because if you blow a whistle and you kick a dog and you blow a whistle you kick a dog the dog's going to cower that you blow a whistle you feed a dog yeah it's operant do. conditioning it's that's what it's called right yeah and so you think about that and you it, but isn't it a beautiful thing because in life it's all about how you respond to a stimulus or a stress if you want to call it a stress, you know, oh, it's a, it a stress. I, i've blown that whistle i've seen the look on my friends' faces when I've blown that whistle at like three in the morning, and yeah, mm-hmm. they look stressed. 
<laughs> but if you can turn that stress, if you can turn that, oh, no, not another one, because that's the message that goes around the camp. Mm. And even the Jew, the Jew leaders that are there, you have these two beautiful women who are, you know, dancing and giving, you know, not cheers, but jeers. So, yeah. so they're you know, saying, you know, hey, if you want comfort, go sit in your chair. Yay. And, you know, it's it's funny, but it's also sending a message, a strong message. Like, like, what are you doing? What are you up to? Yeah. Like, this is this is terrible. Like, this is a poor choice being out here on this course. Um, but if you can end up, you know, turning that signal around, whenever you hear that whistle, if you can find a way to salivate and to think, I'm not a sitter. I'm a, I'm a runner. I need to be up on my feet and I need to get back on the course because that's where I'm most alive. And, you know, I'm missing out sitting here because on that course in this next hour is a meaningful experience that I'm missing out on right now. And there's no growth here. There's growth out there. And if you can somehow find a way to 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 find a a, um, a positive nudge to get you out of that chair um i think that's it i think that's backyard in in a nutshell uh, that's i mean yeah you're right that's amazing and and again it transcends tennessee it transcends riverhead any other backyard that that's that's how we get up in the morning, hey, if we, if we respond to a stimulus and think, I'm not going to let this beat me or I'm going to associate it, then that's how we're going to move through, especially right. at the moment. Right. Yeah, we, we, you know, we all, we've all had a terrible boss who said a certain thing. We all have an alarm that goes off in the morning that, you know, we are living in a state of comfort, lying in bed, and we, you know, it's difficult getting up and out. Um, we we have these stimuluses all of our lives, and, and you know the real winners, the the people that are constructing these beautiful puzzles in front of me, all these old souls that just so desperately want to be like, um, they're taking that stimulus and they lean forward into it, and they're like, oh, okay, this is an opportunity for growth, and I love that. I I think that that such a such a such a lean forward attitude, and you know, because hey, you know. You can't control the, the, you know, the, the messages that are sent to you. You can only control how you respond to that message. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Look, Dave, thank you so much. Um, you know, we appreciate you know, it's getting on to your evening and you wanted to be probably attending to your whanau and all that. I've got one final question for you. And we ask it of everyone who comes on Dirt Church Radio. And that's, hey, Dave, what's been your greatest run ever? doesn't have to be a race mm. or uh, just a run that really sticks in your craw as being the best you've experienced. Yeah, my best, my greatest run ever was probably my biggest growth experience as well, too. Um, and that was the World 24-Hour Championships in Torino, Italy back in 19, or sorry, 19, uh, 2015. Um, and, you know, I'll fast forward. I was at the 18-hour mark. Uh, of the 24-hour race and I was I, my goal was to break the Canadian 24-hour record and, and I did that day um, but at eight, the 18-hour mark there's there's death everywhere and the winner who was who's leading the race is now lying in his own pool of vomit there's a woman who's soiled herself and crying on the side of the you know the course this is a two-kilometer looped course that you run around and around and around and I think it was the greatest experience, running experience I've ever had, because I ended up running into a guy named Robbie Britton. 
And Robbie Britton, over the next two hours, we ran together. And he he taught me a lot about about life in those next two hours. And I remember him, you know, he, he, he didn't look like he was in any pain whatsoever. He ended up finishing third in the world that day. He's a runner from Great Britain. Mm. And... And he was in. He, he didn't look like he was in any pain. And I remember ten minutes into our run, I asked him. I said, "Robbie, you you, you don't look like you're in any pain whatsoever." And I said, "Because it's unreal. Because I'm in a tremendous amount of pain." <laughs> and I said, "My knees, my ankles, my hips, my soul, my 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 stomach, everything hurts." And he started to laugh. And he said, "You know, Dave, the reason why I'm you know the, you think I'm not in any pain is because I'm because I'm not." And he says, I'm, I, I'm not going to believe that you are either. And he said, Dave, okay, we're, we're, in, we're, in, we're in Torino, Italy. We're in, a, we're in a populated area of Italy right now. And within a five-mile radius of where we currently are right now, I guarantee you there would be at least 100 people that would die to give you their current level of pain for your current level of pain. And he said, tomorrow, some family is going to have to bury their three-year-old child because they died in a car crash. Um. You know, there's somebody tying a noose to to their ceiling and mm. they're going to hang themselves because they can't think of any other way to, to solve their problems. And he went on and on and on about all these real life issues and pain. And then he circled back and said, oh, no, Dave, I'm so sorry. I rambled on about this for the longest time. I really want to hear about your blister. <laughs> I was like, you're a real jerk. You know that? And so... You know, it's one of those things. He he's such a beautiful man, and he has been able to take uh, life and transcend that into his running, where it's all perspective. And he's like, "Yeah, I I could put my feet up and have a beer right now, and I would I would rather enjoy that. But I'm going to finish what I started here, and um, I'm going to enjoy this. And I don't know, you know, you you run by some people every once in a while that seem to get it and you just so want to be like them and so you know i've been on a lot of really great runs uh, i've run with a lot of really great people but i've never really ever met anybody like 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 robbie Britton since amazing and mm. and probably what a lot of not probably what a lot of people what a lot of us need to hear is just that again that encouragement to put things into perspective look Dave thank you so much I wish you the best I hope that you don't get floods and I hope that things in Canada get back to a place soon where you can start your job again and start you know uh, giving massage and, and, and all that good things and thank you so much for coming on Dirt Church Radio really appreciate it yeah no problem anytime and, and thanks a lot for having me this, is, this has been great I put a photo of Terry Fox up on that Instagram after I had yes. a conversation with How's that story? Um, with, with Dave and heaps of people were like, wow! Because I'd never heard of the man. No. You know, and I had a, Canadi- a couple of Canadians message through going, yeah, we n- totally know. I've still yeah. got the badge. I love him. Yeah. And then everyone else was like, that's a cool photo of a dude with one leg running. And I was like, Google every person who yeah. I was like, Google him. And they all come mm. back like, oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. Amazing Tenacity. Story. Yeah. Hey, also, how do you think Ginger, Gingerbread Man is getting on on the race across Tennessee? When I found, that, when I found that out, I went, of course. <laughs> I 
exactly. Of course it is. Of course. Of <laughs> and course. I loved how he described, like, we all just curse him. Yeah. <laughs> he's just got that way of just twisting yeah, the knife. Yeah, he's he? made a career out of dick moves. He totally has. He totally has. Oh, yeah. man. But I guess it's that thing, isn't it? It's And it's so much as what David... Dave talked about it's not the goal it's the process that's important mm. Mm. and yeah amazing amazing, amazing. really Thanks, thankful for um yeah i was gutted to have missed it and I, I was gutted that you weren't there yeah. as always but um a great conversation thank you yeah right thank you for tuning in yes here we go we're on social media at dirt church radio you can email us at dirtchurchradio at gmail.com and you can find us on itunes stitcher and other podcast platforms and you can download direct from the website which is dirtchurchradio.com yeah if we are not where you want us, let us know. Don't forget to subscribe and rate us. And don't forget, mostly, to send us a new greatest run ever, like Matt and Hillary did. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, yeah, just send it in. Go on. And if you like what you see, please spread the love. It would be great as if many people heard the show as possible. And for that, we need your help. Yeah. Don't forget to write in with your greatest run ever. Twice. Do it twice. Do it twice. Thanks to our sponsors, Scott Running, Further Faster, Spring Energy, and Sealy. Thank you to our Patreon patrons and Wild Things. Thank you to our editor, Kieran. It's so nice to see Kieran again tonight, I must say. He's looking muscly. He is. Yeah. Yeah, he's been thrashing the shiz out of me in the garage every night. Oof. Look, and... <gasps> During lockdown. He's, he's ripped. He's prison ripped. Yeah. Well, maybe not, but... Maybe not. He's looking... Yeah. He ain't anyway, a boy no more. Um, but we sure have a great guest oh, so lined up for next week. It's really very exciting. excited. Yep. Very, We've very excited. We've got to excited. do our homework. Yep. Tune in then. Kakite. Kakite. Thanks, Rigby. <laughs>